How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me, as usual, is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling, and this week we are going to be recapping Wrestle Dream, the inaugural Wrestle Dream, which took place October 1st, 2023, at the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington. Um, an all elite wrestling event, obviously, and uh, this event was intended to be a tribute to Antonio Inoki, New Japan Pro Wrestling. It began, the event began with a 10 bell salute to Inoki, um, who apparently was somebody that Tony Khan really looked up to. Um, and it took place uh, the one year anniversary of Inoki's death. Uh, so that's kind of the background of why this event was created. And uh, was this a pay-per-view or was this just like a special? Yes, it was a pay-per-view. Yep. Well, how many pay-per-views have they had in the past month? So, yeah, they I mean, obviously next year, I would hope that they work on their structure of that a little bit, because I guess they were kind of just doing what they like. The opportunities would present themselves. And so they took advantage of it. I'm speaking, of course, of all in like they could get Wembley Stadium for okay. X date. They did that, but then they also were already planning to have All Out, you know, a week later. And uh, then, of course, he created the Wrestle Dream, which if you're going to honor Inoki on the anniversary of his death, you got to have that on that date. So, uh, yeah, they've had a lot of events, and they had the special Dynamite at Arthur Ashe Stadium um, in New York recently as well. Um, and as I record this, uh, you know, the Wednesday will be passed, but the most recent dynamite it'll be uh the four-year anniversary of dynamite i believe is what it is yeah you get over that's oversaturation you're doing too much at one you know at one time so well and again we get the uh, the idea well these opportunities presented themselves but like you said hopefully next year they can they can organize their schedule a little bit better yeah i mean the rumor is uh still floating around that they're going to go to 12 a year and uh, they're going to be on hbo max um you know, again, it's always just a rumor. I haven't heard anything uh, concrete, but we'll see what happens there. Um, so there was a pre-show uh, this, and I did not get a chance to watch that. But I'll just tell you a little bit the matches. There was an eight-person mixed tag team match. Uh, Athena, Billy Starks, Keith Lee, and Satoshi Kojima against Shane Taylor Promotions of Lee Moriarty Shane Taylor, Diamante, and Mercedes Martinez. Um, Claudio Castagnoli defeated Josh Barnett by pinfall. And the third match, Luchasaurus defeated Nick Wayne by pinfall, which is interesting considering what happened at the end of the night. Um, the last match of the pre-show, Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed defeated TMDK, which consists of Bad Dude Tito, great name, Shane Haste, and Mikey Nichols. Um for the AEW World Trios Championship. Mm -hmm. So now you asked me last time if I did a pick them for the AEW like I did for WWE, and I said yes, I did, but I forget who I picked. I have it called up. I only missed two matches on this card, okay. which we'll get to. Considering that I don't watch any AEW whatsoever, and I barely look at the news online when it concerns them. Right. So I did nail everything on, on the pre-show, which I think was pretty easy because all the named people, all the more popular people won. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, 
All right, so let's get to the opening match, which was for the ROH World Tag Team Championships. Uh, a handicap match, two-on-one. MJF would go it alone against the Righteous of Dutch and Vincent. Nine minutes, 40 seconds, MJF would win this match. Um, the backstory here is that Adam Cole injured his ankle um, and is out. Britt Baker is also off TV, Britt Baker being Adam Cole's girlfriend. Um okay. A lot of rumors as to whether or not this is a real injury or not, whether it has to do with a storyline that was started at the end of Dynamite. Um, people who watch AEW will know what I'm referring to there. Uh, who knows? Um, I have my suspicions, but we will see. Anyway, this opening match was quite silly, but silly in a fun way, I would say. Um, you know, MJF was doing a lot of his shtick uh, throughout the match. Um, in reality... Uh, you know, I I would have not picked MJF here because I would have picked the Righteous to go over simply because they are really pushing the Righteous hard. And, you know, I think that they want to focus on the MJF uh, going at it alone storyline and where that leads. Um, but, yeah, MJF did his kangaroo kick. He body slammed, uh, you know, the big guy in the Righteous. And that was a big thing. Um, so it was very silly, very fun. Um, I, I would probably give this maybe two and three quarter stars. Maybe that sounds a little harsh. I did have fun with it, um, but it was you know once you saw where they were going, kind of knew MJF was going to keep the titles. So, so this was this was one I missed uh, because and only three people took the righteous. Everyone else took MJF, and um, but to me that's Russo booking. If you're going to have a single guy defend tag team titles. And then he wins. There were shenanigans. I, yeah, I mean, and he did. He did that WCW. You know, it's like Rick Steiner did that. Right. So to me, I just, I guess, I guess I was hoping Tony Khan was better than that. Well, I wouldn't say it was overbooked. I mean, it, like I said, it was silly, but like it wasn't. Uh, you know, there were some shenanigans on MJF's part, but yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense for one guy to be the tag team champions. Well. I, I think that they're uh, looking at the long-term story in that case. Uh, it, you know, it, you know, when it comes to logic, I, I agree with you, but uh, I, I think that they're playing a long game with uh, the fact that MJF and Adam Cole have the titles. I don't think that story is over yet. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll I think see. it depends on, on how quick Adam Cole comes back. Again, if it's kayfabe, he can come over back whenever he wants. If it's, if it's for real, it just depends on, on the injury. injury. I think if it's something, if he can come back, it might be stretching to say end of the year. If he can come back, say, before Thanksgiving, then maybe you do that. If it's going to be longer than that, I think you got to move those belts. Right. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure something will happen there eventually. Um, the next match, Eddie Kingston against Katsuhori Shibata. Uh, this was a singles match for the ROH World Championship and the Strong Openweight Championship. Uh, both titles were on the line. This one about 11 minutes. Um Oh, by the way, I, yeah, I did give the starter rating for the MJF. Yes, yeah, you did. Two and three quarters, yeah. So, Eddie Kingston won this match, um, as I expected he would. You know, Eddie Kingston has a lot of respect for um, the guys uh, in Japan, and he's working – he always works with them a lot. Um, you know, it's cool to see Eddie Kingston with two belts. Um, I like him a lot. Uh, you know, I think that his, his character is somebody that the fans can really get behind and have. Um, so, I would give this one maybe three and a quarter stars. Um, you know, maybe a clash of styles, but, uh, you know, Eddie Kingston always works his heart out and Katsuhori Shibata, 
is very good as well. There are a lot of uh, ground game wrestling uh, when he's in the ring. I'm a big Eddie Kingston fan. I like I like him a lot. Uh, and again, it's the attitude, it's the character, it's the it's the work that he puts in. Um, so yeah, I, and of course, I took Eddie for this, and I think everyone else did as well in, in the pick'em. Uh, but yeah, big Eddie fan. Right. Um, all right. The next match is Chris Statlander defending her AEW TBS championship against Julia Hart, who has Brody King at ringside with her. This went about nine minutes. Um, I would give this one probably three and a half, three and three quarter stars. I thought this was yeah. better than uh, people would give it credit for. Um, Julia Hart has come a long way in the ring. Uh, they've been pushing her pretty hard. Uh, you know, but Chris, Chris Statlander is, is is the is the champion that I think that they want to keep the belt on for a while. Um, Does Julia, is she still primarily a valet? Yes. I mean, well, she's been, so she's been working in the ring much more lately. Lately, it's been okay. her and Brody King. Brody King comes out for her matches. Uh, Malachi Black and um, Rhea Ripley's fiance. I'm brain farting on his name. Um, uh, um, uh, Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy. Thank you. Um, they are absent from the uh, House of Black faction. I, I don't know why, but uh, but yeah, so they're not on screen, so they've been focusing more on Julia Hart in her her matches. Um, so our other guys have disappeared. It's kind of like she's getting the push via attrition. Kind of, yeah. I mean, like, she would have matches for here and there, um, you know, on Rampage and stuff like that, but uh, you know, they've been, they've been focusing on her more, building up to this match, uh, I assume. So was she the one that started out with um the varsity blondes? Yes, uh yeah. Okay. And uh you know, and a ta tangent there, it looks like Brian Pillman Jr. has signed with NXT and yes. will be will be debuting there at some point. I he was, he, he was originally booked to be at the Great Fall Bash 2 in Chilla Coffee that we talked about in another video. Right. Uh, and he wound up having to pull out because of, of the WWE contract, and they want him at the Performance Center. Yeah, and you know, I, I wish him all the luck in the world. They, they, AEW tried to kind of get stuff from him, and uh, it just didn't happen much beyond the fact that he was Brian Pillman's son. Um, and I, it might sound harsh for me to say that. I, I hope that, you know, there's a lot of good people that he can work with there and get better at promos and stuff like that. Um, so I hope he does. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, the uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. So I did give the rating there. The next match um, is a four-way tag team match for a number one contender's spot at the World Tag Team Championship. Uh, the Young Bucks against the Lucha Brothers, against the Guns, against Orange Cassidy and Hook. Um, the Young Bucks would win this one in 12 minutes and 40 seconds. And uh, this, you know, obviously you have a lot of people in the ring here, uh, but I, I liked it a lot. These are all people that, you know, have worked together before or in some capacity. Um, they were kind of hyping Orange Cassidy and Hook um, as the new tag team to kind of get the win here. But the Young Bucks got the win here. And, um, you know, I would probably I would probably give this one like, a, you know, a three and three quarter stars. Um, you know, a lot of good work from all these teams. Um, they clearly want to go back to have a fourth installment of the FTR Young Bucks uh, series, which uh, you know I'm all I'm all for. Um, and I would assume that if anybody takes the belts off of FTR anytime soon, 
um, it would probably be uh, the Young Bucks. Yeah, this was a close one. Five people took Orange Cassidy and Hook, and four people took the Young Bucks. Two people took the guns. I took the Young Bucks because they're not going to lose. You know, they, they, they have the ability. Than you give them credit for. Well, they didn't hear. So they didn't know. They didn't hear, but they they lost to FTR recently um, at the last the last pay per view. I think it was the last pay per view. It wasn't all in. No, it was all in. Not the last pay per view. All out was the last pay per view. All in was where they lost um, the belts, and they, you know they they want to keep that. I think they want to keep that story going. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I I know you don't like the long, the young bucks. I do. I, I think they do push people. Um, it, it, it you know when they need to. But I still think that they're, I still think they hit, they're in their prime, you know, in many ways. Um, so the next match would be Swerve Strickland against Hangman Adam Page, twenty minutes and fifteen seconds. Um, this was a really, really good match. Um, it seems like they're pushing Swerve Strickland in a big way, and I like that idea. I think that he has earned it. Um, I would give this one four stars. Uh, these guys work well together. I like the story of. You know, it was almost not a behind the scenes story, but I like the fact that the story focused on, you know, what happened to Hangman Adam Page? Why isn't he, you know, in any feuds anymore? Why isn't, you know, he wrestling as much? Why doesn't he have any merch, you know, available? That kind of thing. They were, you know, they kind of went deep on it in that way. So I liked how that went. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that this one was was really good. Um, Most people took Adam Page in this. I took really? Strickland. I took Strickland for the reasons that you just said. A little tiny bit that I know about AEW, Strickland is getting pushed, and Page seems colder than a dead fish. But the that they're trying to now, I would be interesting to know if that was the idea all along, or they woke up this morning and went, "Oh shit, we haven't done nothing with Adam Page in a while," and then turned that into the storyline. Either which way, that could wind up being interesting. I, I know that they had the uh, storyline with him uh, having the alcoholic problems. The, uh, so, you know, if they try to do deeper real-life stuff with him, I mean, that's that's a cool idea. So we'll have to see where that goes. But, no, I thought Strickland would, would uh, clearly uh, win this, again, just from the little bit that I know. Yeah, I mean, uh, Adam Page has been doing stuff with uh, the Young Bucks, you know, with Kenny Omega kind of on his own doing his own feuds. Um, the trio has been Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks, and so that's kind of been where they've been putting Hangman Adam Page, which is fine. But he's much he's better in a, in, in a singles capacity. His character is better in a singles capacity, and I like that they used that here um, as a, as a story. Um, so the next match um, was Ricky Starks against Wheeler Yuta. This match would go nine minutes fifty five seconds. No surprise here, Ricky Starks would win uh the highlight uh well the match itself was 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 fine i would give it about three and a half stars um the highlight was the fact that john moxley was on color with uh, the three of the other guys and has no filter <laughs> which did, which, did he get color while being on color he did not uh, but you know he would use whatever language he felt like which uh you know <laughs> apparently you know has its detractors you know but uh i thought it was fun um you know well yeah. let me tell you this the comedian emo phillips once said to me that a comedian and this is different but a comedian that has to swear to get a laugh is like a ninja that has to use a gun well okay fine i don't think he was trying to get laughs 
I think he was just. I was saying that's a different concept. But again, if you can only get your point across by swearing, you you know, you need to re- rethink your vocabulary. Well, that sounds like a 50s uh, philosophy, Leonard. Uh, I'm an old I'm an old white man that doesn't know anything. <laughs> um, so he would stay out on color for the next match, which is Brian Danielson against Zack Sabre Jr. Booked as a dream match. Uh, went 22 minutes and 45 seconds. Um, you know, it, there are people that could probably, you know, pick apart my rating here and maybe lower it. But I'm going to go five on this one. Um, this match was great in every way. It uh, delivered exactly as you wanted it to deliver. Anybody that has seen Zack Sabre Jr. wrestle knows what you're going to get out of him. Um, it's not going to be, you know, as Leonard would say, flippy dude stuff. Um, you're going to get a lot of technical wrestling, a lot of submissions, a lot of chain wrestling. And that's what this delivered. Two of the best right now uh, doing it uh, delivered in every way here. Um, if you, if anybody out there hasn't seen this event and they want to watch one match, this is the match I would recommend that they watch. because. Well, uh, that one may be one I have to pick up. I've not seen a lot of Zach Sabre Jr. I've heard a lot of good things. Of course, very familiar with, with uh, Brian Danielson. Uh, work and it seems to me, and you can say this better. Is he does he seem to exist in his own pocket universe in AEW, where he just wrestles his matches that he wrestles and is kind of off well, to the side from everything else. He recently announced uh, on air that this is probably this is the last year of his career. He wanted to stop okay. when his daughter turned seven. I think he said, um, and his daughter's six right now. Um, and he, he started out by saying, you know, so I want to wrestle some of the people I, you know, I, I wanted to, and he called out Zack Sabre Jr. So that's kind of the start of this, um, which I think is a good way for him to go out. And apparently what I've heard behind the scenes is that because he's been doing a lot of gimmick matches, he did a strap match with Ricky Starks and a Texas death match with Ricky Starks. And apparently the gimmick matches are easier on his body than the straight up ones, um, which, you know, because yeah, he's rolling. What's that? Yeah, cause, yeah, because it's brawling. You know, he's not doing that technical in ring stuff. It's punches and kicks, and you know that's how Steve Austin was able to come back at WrestleMania against Kevin Owens. If it's just us right. punching each other across the, the stadium, that you can do. So yeah, I definitely see where that type of match would be easier on you physically. Then some people would say, "Oh, that doesn't make sense," but yeah, you know, go in and run the ropes and get stretched as opposed to just throwing punches and kicks. And in this, in this case, you know, wrestling Zack Sabre Jr. Most of it was in the ring. So, you know, there wasn't, I don't think he had to put his neck at risk too much um, in in this match. So, so yeah, definitely recommend that one. Uh, The next match would be a six man tag match. The Don Callis family of Konosuke, Takeshka, Will Ospreay and Sammy Guevara, with Don Callis, of course, against Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Kota Ibushi. Um, this match was terrific as well. I'd probably go four or four and a quarter here if I, you know, I don't know what I would choose if I had a gun to my head. But uh, 22 minutes, 35 seconds for this one. Uh, the Don Callis family wins um, again. So this is, uh, you know, uh, Kenny Omega has had a, uh, a losing streak here uh, for a while. <laughs> Um, you know, because clearly he, they were, they want to put this Don Callis faction over. He and Chris Jericho, I would think, um, want to put that faction over in a big way. So, 
I took Omega and Jericho, and most other people did too. And as you know, yes, I would not guess that. Again, not following it minutely, I would not think that Omega and Jericho would would job to those guys. But again, from the storyline you're telling me, that seems to make sense. So I was just, again going on political backstage who Tony Khan would want to go over type of thing was, was my guess there. So that's, that's the other one I got wrong. By the way, anybody out there who uh, watches AEW, let, let me know what you think of Don Callis's theme music, which is just subtle. It's just a, like one, almost like a single solitary sound. <laughs> like, like uh, it's very subtle and evil. I love it because of its simplicity. Leonard, just check out a clip of it. If you get a chance, I'll find it. I'll find Don Callis' theme music. Um, the next match, FTR against Aussie Open, 20 minutes, 25 seconds. Um, I went four and a half on this one. This was so much better than I thought it would be. FTR is a great tag team, and I knew they would deliver. But uh, Aussie Open really brought it here as well. This match was so fun to watch. Um, and if anybody was watching this, Mark Davis uh, literally broke his wrist in, in the match. And you could see by the end that he couldn't even, you know, he couldn't even put any weight on it. Um, so that just shows you how hard um, and FTR retained. And, uh, you know, I assume, like I said, I assume we'll see another Young Bucks match. Uh, with, uh, that, but, uh, but, yeah, this match was really, really good. I honestly wasn't sure if FTR were going to keep the belts here because they've had them for a while. So they will be dropping them here probably at some point soon. Um so, yeah, we'll see what happens there. And so the main event, now, Leonard, as this was going, mm -hmm. once I realized what the main event was going to be, I had a feeling that something big was going to happen. And so the main event was Christian Cage defending the TNT Championship against Darby Allen in a two-out-of-three fall match. And, you know, I don't think that they're necessarily trying to keep it super secret um, because it's been rumored for a while now. Uh, but when they put it at this point of the card, um, they they definitely are giving people an idea of what was going to happen. Um, so first, let's get to the match itself. 25 minutes and 25 seconds. Um, this match was really good, really entertaining. Again, I would probably go four and a quarter here because it was just insane. And Leonard, I'm going to try and describe this spot to you. Like, if you take the metal steps from the corner of the ring and you place... Yeah like right outside the apron steps are facing the ring the point actual stairs part of the steps yeah. christian cage slams from the top of the apron slams darby allen into the stairs of the metal steps like full on like slams him they have the steps wedged between the between the skirt and the apron no 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 so they were just up against the side of the ring. No, they weren't. Even, it was just in the middle of the mat, right, like outside the apron. So he, they were far enough away so that he could throw him from the top of the apron. Okay, so they were sticking through the ropes onto the apron from inside the ring. No, they were on the floor. They were on the floor. Okay, I'll have to find a picture of that because I'm having a hard time kind of picturing what that looks like. I'm probably doing a horrible like. Um, I cannot believe that Darby Allen took this bump and was able to sounds like a heck of a bump if he's landing on the on the edge of the steps yeah it was hard to watch and i've never seen anybody take 
take that before. It was amazing to watch. Um, the third fall um, would see as so as they were like kind of doing a a, a faux stretcher job for Darby Allen, Christian Cage was cutting all of the was cutting the you know the uh, mat off of the ring and exposed the boards underneath. So that's how wow. they match. They finished with the boards exposed. Um, and, uh, so Christian would retain because Nick Wayne would turn on Darby Allen and join with Christian cage. And, uh, they were just about to, uh, you said this was two out three falls. Was, was it also not no DQ? Well, I guess it depends on what you consider a DQ. I mean, they use the steps which we've seen people use the steps in matches that it doesn't get disqualified. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Up and throw them at Darby Allen. He just, yeah. And they tore, and they tore up the ring, but the ring, it was still the use of the ring. Right. So yeah, it depends. It depends. I think I need to see this match, but, but I'm going to go with that feels like a very creative use of doing different stuff without necessarily going outside the rules because again and you see this all the time is stuff and that's used to drive me nuts when i watched it was stuff that is definitely a dq or stuff that is definitely you've been out of the ring too much you should be counted out so this just sounds clever so this all this this i'll let go right um so sting would come out to try and help darby and they would gang up on him uh, luchasaurus uh christian and nick wayne would gang up on the two of them and uh the lights go out the vignette plays, and Adam Copeland has debuted in AEW, and I knew that they would get his theme music because his theme music is Our Lady Peace. So, like, I knew that they, I knew they would get that. I knew that for sure. I guess they redid the audio of "You Think You Know Me," um, and that was apparently Beth Phoenix does the audio for that. In this case, um, they were able to still call him the Rated R Superstar, but he is Adam Copeland, obviously. So, I saw a thing on that. Uh, WWE had abandoned the copyright on Rated R Superstar because they weren't using it. So it seems like every now and again, they just kind of go through and, okay, we're not using this, and they don't renew it when the renewal comes up. So Edge has you know, jumped on top of that. And apparently right before we got on here, Leonard, I was reading about how he uh, filed a bunch of trademarks, um, a bunch of different trademarks. Uh, so you know, we'll see kind of what – nicknames he goes with but uh but yeah so edge came out to a huge reaction obviously and uh you know he gets in the ring and obviously is you don't know if he's going to align himself to christian or not christian being the ultimate heel right now um and uh obviously he sides with sting and darby allen so um you know they're clearly going to jump to the christian edge feud um which is probably a natural uh, you know transition um, Although I would like to see Edge versus Sting, just to say that that was a thing that happened. That would be interesting to see as well. Sting doesn't do a ton of singles in AEW, if any. But uh, um, apparently, yeah. And so, yeah. So that's how the show ended um, in a, in a very big way. This is a you know, make no mistake. You know, this is a a, a very big uh, signing for AEW, uh, especially considering CM Punk just got fired. So I would imagine that Edge, Adam Copeland, becomes the face of Collision. If I were behind the scenes, that's yeah. what I would suggest. 
I would slot him into the CM Punk spot. Again, he's a different talent than CM Punk, but he is clearly your biggest, one of your biggest names with charisma, with promo ability, uh, an older talent, but can still go in the ring and has a very good sense of his strengths and his weaknesses. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely see him sort of replacing CM Punk. Um, you know, we've seen Edge and Christian, but it's a different flavor to it right edge and sting teaming i think is a cool idea yeah. uh if they go that direction um but again there's a lot of people you know edge versus i know he's working face right now but edge versus mjf and edge versus or adam copeland versus you know kenny omega and and ricky starks and sammy Guevara and all these different guys that they've got you have a lot of good and and, and again you're gonna poo on me but uh, Tony Khan feels like the kind of guy that is going to burn through everything as quick as he can. Because the idea of Edge versus all these names that I just said, he just wants to do that match. Right. And um, I think we're going to see a lot of Edge versus whoever before the end of the year. I think every week is going to be a new, oh, look at Edge is fighting this guy. Well, you, you could have a point. And, you know, obviously the background there is, you know, Edge – it obviously is this is his second run of you know his career being that he had a really serious injury and was out for many years so who knows what i do know is that tony khan said at the scrum that he will be appearing slash wrestling every week so this is not like a legends contract where he's only going to wrestle a few times a year apparently he wants to go at it uh full time um so you know you might i i when i was thinking about this I was thinking, like, who are the feuds I would like to see him have that he's not had? Like Sammy Guevara, Ricky Starks, those two guys seem like they would really mesh well with his style. It's funny you mentioned Kenny Omega because I don't know if that would mesh well with Edge at all. Um, Kenny Omega would – I'd be worried Kenny Omega would be pushing him to do stuff that would, like, put him in a wheelchair. <laughs> like, you know, you never know. Kenny Omega can work with anybody, but, like, he obviously works a very fast-paced, uh, high-flying style. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see, um, where they go with him. Um, I am, uh, I'm looking forward to, to what the future holds in that way. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, overall, I, I thought that the, the event was, was really good. You know, I was debating on whether or not I was going to buy it in the first place. Um, but, uh, I had a feeling something was going to happen, um, you know, with somebody debuting, um, there's a lot of names out there in the ether right now. And obviously WWE just cut a ton of people. Um, so, you know, obviously those uh, non-performing contracts or non-performing uh, time limits are still going on for a lot of those guys, if not all of them. Um, but it'll be interesting to see who, if any, that AEW picks up after those all expire, because there's some good names. Uh, one name that I would like to see mm -hmm. because it makes sense it, because his brother is there is Dolph Ziggler. Um, Dolph Ziggler's in his early forties. So obviously he's, you know, probably, you know, nearing the end of his career um, at some point. Um, but uh, to me, that would be a no brainer to have the brothers. You're, you're going to hate me saying this too, but it also, this kind of feels like mid nineties WCW where all these old WWE names jumped for a payday. Is Edge is Edge gonna is Edge making more with Tony Khan than he made with Vince? I would guarantee he is. 
Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. I would, I, I, I'm sure you're correct there. The difference is, why would Edge stay in WWE? They made him look like an idiot. I, I'm sorry, but like you know, people could say WWE does no wrong, but they did Edge wrong. He won the Royal Rumble only to get stacked on top of Brian Danielson and pinned by Roman Reigns in the main event. Like, I'm sorry, but that's just stupid. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. They had him start a faction only to have it yanked away from him because of creative differences. Like, you know. Yeah, that didn't make sense. Like, he clearly wanted to end his career, not just with a high payday, but he clearly wanted to end it with his friend being Christian. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that I, I think that there was more for him to sink his teeth into with AEW because, you know, WWE is clearly going through this weird phase of, you know, we got to have these people hold the titles forever in a day. And, you know, you know, if you're older, then you're just going to basically be jobbing to everybody. Like what happened to AJ Styles? I know like he just, he's still around from time to time, but like, you know, he loses almost every match he's in as well. Um, so yeah. Um, in any event, I, I, but yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the payday is there. I don't think, I think WCW comparison. I think they're they're they care a little bit more about what the people are doing that they're hiring. I would say that. Uh, okay. Well, yes, I would probably give you that. They were just going for for names, you know. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and and again, it was a little bit different where they were kind of enticing people to come over. Where this is a little bit different, where WWE is is just flat out letting people go. Yeah. And and or not renewing a contract or the person not wanting to renew the contract. And um, and they did a good sign off with him and Sheamus having that match, um, you know, so it was just a matter of that one ending, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, and like the AEW seems to play their cards right as far as like they don't want to step on WWE's toes. They don't want to, you know, and at the scrum, apparently any time. Anybody said Edge, which happened a lot, as you would expect. Yeah. Um, Tony Khan corrected them <laughs> like every time he tried to cut them off because he doesn't want to give the impression that they're not paying attention to that detail. Like they're not trying to make you think any any differently. Like they're getting so is, so is Christian always Christian Cage because that's the way it was an impact. Like, you can't call him Christian. You can't say Christian does this or Christian does that, even. You have to say Christian Cage at all times. That's what Impact did. I have to think back or to the Cage. Game. Sure, they've referred to him as Christian before, but... Probably, you know. probably did, but I but I remember that being a thing in Impact, that they did it so... They were used his full name so much, it became comical. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let me know uh, what you thought of the event, if you watched it. And uh, Leonard, make sure you check out Don Callis's music. Let me know because uh, I feel like you I, would, I would do that either way. Um, yeah, I me, do like Callis. I yeah, I I I think Don Callis is great. Um, but uh, let me know in the comments if you have any disagreements with me on my star ratings. Um, check out our other episodes uh, or other videos, I should say. Uh, Segment Surgery, Stupid Questions, What's That Card, Random Match Reviews. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. uh, Support us in any way you can. We really appreciate it. And uh, for Leonard, my name is Chad, and we will see you next time.